Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expenses, cause winning's expensive. I got expenses, cause winning's expensive. I've been getting out of work. And welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sales Show for Closers. My name is Kevin Hill. I am your host, as always. A very cool episode today with Matt Perkins. He's co-owner over at Business to Business Logistics in Knoxville. We're going to talk about how not to vomit out all your words. You know, uh, the gift of gab is something that is attached with salespeople in, I think, a somewhat stereotypical way. And the importance of listening, right? Being a great listener. I'm going to get to that in just a second. Uh, if you haven't ca- caught uh, the Freight Tech episode from last week, please do that. And if we want to throw up the slate, we can throw up the slate at any time on those nominations. I spoke with our very own senior researcher here at Freight Waves, Joe Antishak. He kind of runs charge, in charge of the, the nomination process and the voting process. Um, but we talked about our tips and tricks for nominators to, to nominate a company. So if you're nominating your own company or nominating one of the your favorite tech providers, uh, there, there's some some additional questions this year, uh, as well as being con- concrete and concise is always uh, important. And we discuss all of those insider tips of how to how to really create a, a, a perfect nomination. So quality over quantity. Uh, so if you haven't checked out that episode, please go back. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on tv.freightwaves.com and the podcast version, as always, wherever you download your podcast on either the Put That Coffee Down channel or Freightcast. So go check that out. Um, but this week, we're going to talk about sales presentations and being an active listener, um, all of those great things. And I go back to, and I'm sure Matt has, uh, I'll ask him about it when I bring him on in just a second, but I'm sure he's read this book. We all kind of have. It's How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It's a, it's a classic, and here are six tips to do that. And I think this is going to weave right into the conversation uh, in a, a very seamless way. Number one, Become genuinely interested in other people. Genuinely interested in other people. Number two is smile. No one, no one dislikes a smile. Smile just makes everyone at ease in the room. If you're not in the same room, if you're just over the phone, motion creates emotion and smiling, kind of that nonverbal cue of the tone of voice you're it has once you're smiling can be picked up and will always be picked up by the person on that other end of the line. Number three, remember that a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. So talk about what the other person wants to talk about. Say their name. uh, Treat them uh, like you'd want to be treated, right? Be a good listener. This is very important. It's very hard to do. We're going to talk about this. Uh, it takes a lot of practice to be a good listener. 
But once you're a good listener, man, it, it, it makes everything easier. Number five, talk in terms of the other person's interests. And that is very important for a sales call, right? You can't just walk in and talk about everything you want to talk about, all of your uh, great features and benefits. Got to talk about the other person's interests and weave what you have into that. Number six, and finally, make the other person feel important and do it sincerely. That's always hard sometimes. It's sometimes hard, right? To, to, to sincerely make the other person feel important. Um, but is a tip of the trade. I mean, like like six ways to, to make people like you, how to win friends and influence people was published, I believe, in the 1930s. And earlier versions of this line of thought goes back to, to ancient times. So while technology changed, Technology changes, civilization changes. Humans really don't change over time. It's it's uh, it's fundamental. And with that, let's uh, bring on Matt to to talk about a little bit more about the the art of a sales presentation. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic, Kevin. Great seeing you again. I like the glasses. Well, thank you very much. I picked up these uh, a few months ago, and and uh, now I can finally see, which is always important. <laughs> It's good luck and functional. And functional. <laughs> it, it is. So uh, what do you think about the, uh, the the six tips from Dale Carnegie? I'm sure you've read that book. I, I think you're a big Dale Carnegie fan, if, if I remember correctly. Oh, you know, so dirty little secret. I haven't read the book yet. Um, but I live in, but I, I need to add it. However, I live and breathe those six techniques already. So when you rattle them off while I was in the green room there, I realized that I already do those things. So, you know, especially number one, a genuine interest. If if you can't have a genuine interest in the person you're talking to, they're going to feel like a number. They're going to feel like you call them off of a list and they're not going to give you the time of the day. So I can't stress that one enough that you have to have a genuine yeah. interest if you're going to be successful in yeah. sales. Yeah, and that kind of goes with number six too, right? It's book in it there. You know, you have to have a general interest in other people, and then you have to make the other pre person feel important and do it sincerely. So you can't have one without the other. You can't have six without one. And um, correct, you have to be generally interested to to have that be sincere. And oftentimes, salespeople, um, especially in the prospecting game, it's just a number. That that person is just just a number uh, on the on the other. It, they're called number thirty six, right? Uh, and it's tough to, to gain any traction with that mentality. No doubt. And while internally on your end it might be called number thirty six, you can quickly and easily tailor that phone call mm -hmm. to them. And that's something that I encourage everybody. If I'm talking to somebody who's just trying to learn more about our company, and I'm talking about other brokers. Um, if they're trying to learn about our agent program or anything, and they're looking for sales techniques. I was just talking to some guys, some young guys yesterday. And I said, don't spread yourself too thin. And when you research a company, spend a few minutes researching it, but tailor your language. I mean, I think a wise man once said niches get riches, right? And uh, I think they did. Yes. Yeah. Very wise man. Wears nice glasses. <laughs> and but it's so realistic. I mean, even in my company right now, our most successful salesperson right now is in a niche. He does over-dimensional and he's crushing it right now. 
And I've even encouraged him to stop deviating to dry vein freight and LTL. I told him, pass it off to somebody else. Just work on what you do. It's expedited. It's overdimensional. And he's been killing it lately. So that, you know, yeah, that, that's, that's important. There is, don't get distracted on the, the, the things that you're not good at and, and stay focused on, on what you're good at, what you're expert about, what you can talk about. And I say talk about, but you can listen about. You can actually solve problems and, and solving problems starts with listening to what it is and then advising. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. And that's that's the thing that I've been noticing a lot, even internally that I've been kind of coaching on is everyone's quick to call because I mean, we all know we're in a soft market right now, right? There's a lot of trucks. Mm-hmm. Freight, freight movement has slowed down um, while it's not like a depression or deep recession, it's still slower than what it has been, just as you guys have reported, right? COVID buying is mm-hmm. diminished, if not vanished completely. It's Everything's kind of back to normal, but normal now feels sluggish because of the brutality we went through in 21 and 22. But here we are, and I've got everybody on the phone just kind of vomiting all the stuff that we do because we have been around for a while. We do have a diverse portfolio of offerings, but that doesn't mean any, you know, just because we offer every mode of transport under the sun does not mean the customer wants to hear it. So getting an idea what they might want to hear, might want to do, is going to get their interest a lot quicker. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is, I've been talking about this a little bit recently, is, is starting off those calls with finding out how their business is going, how it operates. I let them be the experts to, to begin with, to become an, you know, and that's where you listen, right? You listen at their expertise about their industry, their business, how well they're doing in their supply chain or how well they're not doing, uh, whatever that may be. And then talking about transportation at the back end uh, of that, you know, how you can tailor what you have to offer. Uh, and it could be, it should only be one or two things, right? To, to, to match whatever problems they're having, not everything under the sun that, that you can do. And that's, um, you know, there's famously spin selling, uh, consultative selling. Uh, but this is what you have to do. And, and that's how you active listen. That's, and it takes a lot of practice to, to active listen. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they always say that you're given two years and one mouth for a reason, right? You know, you should be listening yeah. twice as much. Or just understanding your customer. So, I mean, I'll give a great example of a call I just had. It's a food manufacturer and, you know, he starts off the call saying, well, what can you do different than what I've got going on? I said, well, I can sit here and tell you that I do truckload and LTL, but that's what every other phone call is doing. And I don't even know where you're at in your RFP process because you're big enough to have. So let's talk about weird stuff. Let's talk about, you know, expedited straight trucks. Let's talk about projects. You are a food manufacturer. You might be revamping a line. You might be adding a line. Well, if you've got over-dimensional items, silos, things like that, that's that's my yard. 
you know, I can, I can handle that. And immediately I became an expert on overdimensional and straight trucks. And he perked up. He's like, well, yeah, we, our RFP just started three months ago and I can't get you in. He's like, but we're not too good at finding straight trucks. So let's talk. And here I am. So I'll get my foot in the door through straight trucks and maybe a project that they've got one on the agenda, but then I'll prove myself. And then next RFP, which will be Q1, they'll slide me in and I'll be able to bid on that. I think it's, it's having that comfort level too, as you described, is going off script, off the normal, your normal sales script and talking about weird things, talking about whatever, um, just, just to keep someone engaged in the conversation and letting them somewhat control the conversation, right? Can control what they want to talk about because it goes back to, uh, you know, people like to talk about themselves. So let the, the prospect or customer, whoever you're on the phone with, uh, potential buyer, right, to uh, to talk about what they want and then pick your opportunities out of there. And you never know what part of the conversation some aha moment's going to hit. And it's like, okay, I, I this is where I need to be. Yeah, and that's, that's absolutely, and that's why you listen because they will give you the answer. Yeah. You just have to listen to it. I mean, the, I, while I didn't create this term, I'll, I'm going to take ownership of it, but I've been doing this for the last 20 years. It's called the spider web sale. And mm -hmm. basically I had a large customer and let's be realistic for the majority of freight that moves, the shipper or the receiver might be your customer. But generally speaking, the shipper and receiver are generally not your customer. So therefore your shipper or your receiver for every single load you move is a potential customer. So one day I call no. my same person to schedule a delivery with, and she is not my customer. She is just a receiving location routinely mm -hmm. for my customer's freight. She just started frustrated. So I just sat down yeah. and listened to her. I let her went. And she's like, oh, I'm so mad. I can't find a truck to ship one of my loads. The brokers fall through on me. And I just simply said, hey, can I take a crack at it? She said, sure. She goes, you find me a truck, you get a load. And I found a truck within 10 minutes, got the load. And she's been a longstanding customer for 20 years. Everywhere she goes, she takes me with. And that is just from listening, from hearing the frustration. I, I talk to her every day, but that day she sounded not so chipper. She sounded frustrated and maybe it was personal. Maybe one of her kids made her angry on her way to work, but I would have been there to listen. But instead it was a freight opportunity and I've capitalized on it since. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's very true, especially in transportation. If you talk to uh, 20 people a day, 50 people a day, there's going to be a vast majority of those that, or a high number of those that are going to be frustrated in, in some way, right? I mean, it's just the nature of the business, right? And, and letting them vent is a, is a good way to uh, to get your foot in the door. Oh, a absolutely. I mean, it's just being there and sounding like you, you know, care is going to go a lot further than just, Hey, I need to schedule that delivery. Hey, sorry. I hope you have a better day. See you later. <laughs> it, it really is. I, there's a couple other things like, like curse of knowledge. I, I think the curse of knowledge plays a part in this. Um, you live and breathe. We we all do transportation each day. And we think that's the most, the most important thing in everyone's lives, right? Um, and everyone we talk to where it not it is not necessarily the, the case. And certainly the, the person you're on the phone with might not know uh, as much as you do and be able to articulate that in a way that's engaging is, is sometimes hard. Yeah. I mean, the thing to keep in mind when you're talking to some of your contacts is that their job may not be solely transportation. 
and their history may not be transportation. So it's on us to educate in not a demeaning way, you know, but to be that extension yeah. of them, help them look good, uh, come through for them, and then maybe explain, you know, explain the why. It's actually a book I'm reading right now is yeah. Start With the Why. And that's that's super important. When you explain the why to them, then they get it. We build more trust with you. Yep. Simon Sinek, uh, great book. Great book. Oh, absolutely. Go out and read it if you haven't uh, right now. It's it, it's good. And I, I think a lot of salespeople going off that is a, a fear of not knowing what to say, not knowing how to respond. So if you listen too much, you might be posed with a question or a scenario that you're really don't know too much about. And that fear uh, keeps you talking and trying to dominate the uh, the conversation by talking. But we all know that the person who controls the conversation is the one who's asking questions. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. As long as they're open-ended questions, too. Yes. Yes. You close-ended questions, you're going to find a dead end real fast. (laughs) Yeah, you will. Yes. (laughs) But as long as they're open-ending, curious questions, sincere questions, uh, you're going to not dominate the conversation. You're going to control the conversation. And by doing that, you're going to find out where those opportunities lie um, which I keep going back to it. It's a much better way to, to present solutions than uh, coming out and vomiting the solutions all over the place and not letting the other person talk at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's as simple as asking the pain points. You know, you may not have the solution to offer. I didn't know, you know, off the top of my head that often the straight trucks to the food manufacturer was the way to go, but I know that this food is manufactured here in the U.S., so offering drage was probably off the table. And again, going back to, I had no idea where they were at in their RFP process. So I threw out there, I do truckload LTL, mm-hmm. but I kind of joked about it because who doesn't. So I decided to go down the straight truck market yeah. because it, it has worked. Now I'm, it may not have worked for me because I didn't, I went into it a little blind, but generally speaking, ask some questions. If you don't have your answer, you don't have your pitch yet. You can kick that can down the road intelligently by asking mm-hmm. the question. And they will, they'll bring you the answer. I mean, I've listened to phone calls yep. with my sales reps where the answer is sitting right there. The, it's low branch on the tree. That fruit is right yeah. there. Just grab it and then go with that. Yeah, I, I think the the old salespeople should they, they should practice every day active listening uh, through this method of going in a little bit blind. And I, I will say that you know, being on on live TV for uh, I don't know four over four years now. I mean, I it, it's my listening skills have expanded dramatically because in the, the beginning you want everything scripted. You know, if I did a podcast with you, Matt, I'd, I'd have 20 questions listed and a fear of not hitting all 20. And, you know, just because I wanted to, to make sure that uh, I wasn't stumped that I always had something to say, but the, the more you listen, the, there's, there's a lot of things to talk about just by listening and responding, you get more comfortable with it. And, and all of a sudden you just maybe have three points, three. And I, I think a lot of salespeople that they, they want to, the, that they go to a call, they they want to do everything on this. So they want to make sure they get that out into the conversation where you just need one or two points, one or two points. That's all anyone's going to remember anyway. And they're likely going to be the, the one or two most important points. And then you can concentrate on listening and not worry about having to get out this whole spiel of, of what you do. Oh yeah. You know, I just witnessed a, a carrier sales rep 
at a company and while he may have had a script per se, he really just had some notes on his computer screen and he let the carrier talk mm -hmm. and he was understanding what they had, what they're working with, where they wanted to go, you know, maybe what they wanted to be rate wise. And he would just fill in the blanks so that he knew he was crossing his T's and that he was getting his questions answered, but he wasn't asking them in a robotic fashion, in a scripted fashion. He just, he listened. And then he realized he had all of his questions answered and he was prepared to then go to the closing stage of that sale. And it sounded fluid. It sounded genuine. And it was a really good phone call, in my opinion. Yet he was able to qualify the carrier without just one after another question, 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 as if he wasn't listening. He was just was on his agenda. And when you sound like you're on an agenda, they're not going to care. Yeah. I mean, because uh, if you sound like you're off a script, then um, then then what's the point, right? But you can have your own script and have it so naturally that uh, no one ever realizes that it is a script. Yeah, I think that's the important thing to convey too, especially all to the newer brokers that listen to the show, right? Is you still need to cover your bases. You still need to have a script, right? But when you listen those answers will fill themselves in so much quicker and it will be a fluid discussion at the end of the day. And then if there is that one question missing, you know what you need to ask to kind of fulfill that, yeah. you know, need to make sure that you're quoting something accurately or that you're about to take ownership of, you know, of moving a load and you've got all the facts so that you can properly sell it to the carriers. There is a key difference between a conversation and an interrogation. Yes, absolutely. We all know what, what that, that is. And sometimes it feels like interrogation. Some, you know, uh, salespeople, right? It's an interrogation, not a conversation. And uh, and no one's comfortable being interrogated. No, no. Not that I have. No, not. <laughs> so, 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 Matt, let's talk about business, business, uh, logistics, your, your Asian program. I know you've been doing that. You kind of been full force on that for uh, well over a year now. Um, what are you seeing out there in, in that market? So as far as the agent markets, uh, you know, the agent market's kind of staying put with the market being a little soft. There are, you know, what I'm, well, what I'm seeing as a whole, they the good agents are staying put because they just don't know what's going on. Volatility mm -hmm. is very high right now. Uh, there's a reality that they move and their business doesn't move with them. I've seen that happen before where customers, will not onboard them, even though it's the same broker yeah. with a different MC number, they say, no, thanks. I'm, you know, I'm seeing a lot of newer brokers offering an agent program that they can't really financially fund. It, it does take a lot to fund an agent program because you as the broker house are the last one to get paid, but your agents are getting paid well before you are carriers are being paid well before you are and you still have to wait for the money so there's just a lot of a lot of people out there trying to capitalize on this agent mentality but yeah they're not prepared to offer what it takes it, i mean the working capital uh, of having an agency program is uh, uh it's it's it, it, it i mean i i can just imagine i mean if you have five agents with good books of business i mean it takes a lot of working capital to 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 make those cash flows meet up. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you look at it, the agents are being paid the week the invoice runs, right? The, mm -hmm. the, the good brokers out there that have an agent program and all the big names that we all know, 
and have agent programs, they're paying their agents the week of invoice. So that could be pretty substantial. The carriers are afterwards, either they're doing quick pays, which are within the same week, or Mm -hmm. they're doing standard terms, which can be anywhere from 15 to, we'll say, 25 days. But the customers, you know, they're coming in at, I'd say, maybe a net 45. Mm -hmm. A lot of float. A lot of float. Well, a lot of float, too, because... Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, so a lot of flip. What, when you look at an employer model, you know, you've got 100% of the profits. And then when you look at an agent model, your standard splits are 70-30. And mm-hmm. so you are working with 30% of the margin at the end of the day. So that's, that's a huge float to go. It really is. Um, Matt, thanks for, for dropping by, talking about uh, sales techniques with us today on Put That Coffee Down. Um, if our audience has any questions or what's uh, to learn more about is uh, what's the best way to reach you? You know, just come to me directly. Um, M Perkins at shipbtb.com. Check out the website. Easy to get in contact with me. I'm on LinkedIn uh, primarily. So uh, there's a, there's a Facebook page, but I'd say LinkedIn, my, my personal page is the best way. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks again. Devin, thanks as always. Great seeing you. Great seeing you too. And that's Matt Perkins, co-owner at Business Business Logistics over there in Knoxville, uh, Tennessee. Um, I have a, a couple audio-only episodes that are out right now. One on cross-border freight with IGL Logistics. Great guys over there. And then uh, last week, sat down and talked about customer churn with the guys from Freight360, Nate Cross and Benjamin Kowalski. Uh, great listen on both of those. Uh, but until next week, that's uh, put that coffee down. Go out, make some sales and margin. I got friends, only want to talk business. I got expenses, because wind is expensive. I got expenses, because wind is expensive. I've been reading all the work. And I've been shutting down the stars.